Hey everyone, welcome to the Matt Report. I'm your host, Matt, and I'm interviewing folks who make a living using WordPress, WordPress entrepreneurs, marketers, bloggers, small business owners. Uh, if you haven't watched any of the shows, do check out mattreport.com and go to mattreport.com slash subscribe to be on the newsletter to find out when I release new and awesome interviews. Today, I'm honored to have CC Chapman on the show. CC, hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. Doing very, very well. Good to so, hear it. So give us the the two-minute warning uh, slash elevator pitch, what, are, what you're up to, what you're all about, and how you discovered WordPress. Yeah, so uh, my name is CC Chapman. You can find me at cc-chapman.com. I'm an author. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a photographer. I run a company called the Cleon Foundation. I have My latest book is called Amazing Things Will Happen, and the one before that is uh, kind of the Bible of, of content marketing called Content Rules that I wrote with Ann Hanley. Uh, I discovered WordPress... I started blogging in 2002 on movable type and expression engine. So I've been through all of them. There was another one too in there that I used. And then, and then the day that I got WordPress installed, it, like the, the, you know, it sounds cliche, but I mean, the whole world was like, wow, this makes blogging easier than it's ever been for me. And I've been using it ever since for not just, just, not just blogs that I set up and stuff, but I mean, even when I had my marketing agency, our entire site was a WordPress site that you would never know that was WordPress. We, you know, we, we had a, we wanted, we knew that it was a content engine that we could use to manage our entire website. So I use it for, I use it for everything. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I've been a, a, a follower of you for a long time. Um, I think when I first started my agency and getting into uh, WordPress as a whole, starting to follow marketers on the web on Twitter, uh, everyone was recommending uh, WordPress. And as I got more and more involved with it and we built our, our studio around it, I saw how much work it takes to build something custom. And there's a very low barrier of entry to WordPress. Uh, it's good and bad. Yeah. Um, what did you find when you first started using WordPress and started to customize it, especially when you're running your creative agency? Where did you look for that help and, and, and you know, expertise? Yeah, I was I was fortunate that I had um, one of the well, while WordPress has always had great themes that you can get for free or for very inexpensive for much cheaper than hiring a full blown design. Um, I'd always worked with designers to make custom ones because while I can code enough to be dangerous, I don't enjoy doing it. So I would rather I'd rather hire someone with the skills and the passion to, to do that. And it it's always been. Uh, it's finding, you know, the WordPress, at least now, has a really good network of people that they, I forget if they call them, I forget they have names from them. They're like certified to work with WordPress, and there's a lot of them out there. Great word of mouth. You know, I would go out to Twitter in the early days and be like, okay, who who could help me design a website? Because, you know, while my business partner was much more on the design side, he knew aesthetically what he wanted. He didn't know how to make WordPress do what he wanted it to do. And thank God. Thankfully, there's so many people out there now. That's one of the reasons why I still to this day recommend WordPress to clients because I just say between the developer network, the plugins, and the you know the, the number of people out there who understand how to make it do what they want to do, it's I don't know I don't know I haven't researched in a while, but I don't know of any other content marketing platform and you know blogging platform that has such vast knowledge from you know straight out school kids all the way up to people who make their whole living 
on on tweaking WordPress. So it's it's a great way to get up and going. Yeah, I mean it's it's it is a marketplace, an ecosystem, um, a field. There's various folks that get involved with WordPress.com, WordPress.org. Yeah, uh, tons of businesses built around it. Mine uh, being one of them. And it's funny the uh, you know the the natural instinct for anyone starting marketing online is just say, oh yeah, yeah, go ahead and install WordPress. And a good friend of mine, John Morgan, who's another author, yep. uh, we, we did his site for him. And when I interviewed him or when I di- did a discovery session about what types of needs uh, does he want uh, in a WordPress site? And he goes, I want a really good author page. I want a really good speaker page. But that's really, it doesn't really, there's no particular method to doing that, right? It's, I mean, right. it's all about the design. Um, you know, are there any tips that you can give for authors or speakers or folks in in, in your field um, of what works with a really good good site and what you and what you recommend, what you've seen work for you? Yeah, I think uh, for specific specifically focus on authors and speakers. Um, you know, the key thing for it has to be a clean layout. You know, I don't know how deep, but I mean, that is, at the first, you know, that's true for any website. But that go, that go, it's got to be clean and clear be able to find the pres- find what they're looking for on any device that's the key part too because let's face it you know a presenter presenter is going to be up on stage speaking and somebody out in that audience might be huh I'm, i want to hire them for my event and they're going to pull it up on their ipad or on their phone and if your site doesn't look good on that you know they're gonna they might go what they may forget about it and you lose that uh, so that's one thing that, that some people don't think about but i think also make sure that you've got you know video embedded if you're a speaker that says you know here shows you speaking quotes of things you know of what previous people have said about you um as much as you know professional photos also look great because it kind of shows hey this isn't because anybody can say i'm a speaker but not everybody can get up on stage and really be a professional speaker. So I think having those three things are crucial. And then, you know, from the author perspective, that that really depends on what type of writing you're doing. You know, a business author versus a fiction versus a Fifty Shades of Grey. All, you know, very different author pages, but still basic bio information about you and who you are. Yeah. The um, coming from the marketing and branding uh, background that you do, advice to folks who, like you said, anyone could be a speaker, anyone could be an author kind of thing, anyone could be a WordPress developer. I see it in yeah. my field all the time. And I see other marketers who say, I'm a WordPress marketing guru. Uh, I'm a social <laughs> media ninja. And I think I, you know, I, I meant to pull up the link. There was an article that came out the other day. Somebody did some research. Like, <laughs> like 65,000 mentions of social media guru or something. Yeah, like. someone had actually gone through Twitter bios specifically and pulled out how many and I, I was shocked. I mean, I guess I wasn't shocked, but I actually I was more shocked that someone took the time to, you know, because that probably took a couple hours of pulling data from somewhere. And I just yeah. thought, wow. And it just it giggled. It, it just made me laugh at that many people. But it's true. They do do that. And, and so what a lot of folks will do is they'll, they'll say they're marketers they'll say they're experts, branding experts. And then they'll go and they'll use the same theme or template over and yeah, over and over yes. again. For their, not even for themselves, but for their own clients. Yes. What do you think? Bit of a disservice. Uh, how should people get educated to really know this stuff? I think plain and simple. One of the things someone needs to do, and I don't care if you're hiring uh, a house cleaner or a gardener or a WordPress developer. You get word of, you, you ask for references. I mean, that's one of the things when I was talking about the speaker page, having clear-cut 
you know, here's what so-and-so said. And the first thing I do before I hire anybody is ask for references. And it's, you know, or I'll ask around, hey, has anybody worked with this person before? And usually that's where my search starts. I'd rather have someone say, you know, because if I say I need a WordPress developer, I need a speaker, I need some social media consulting, someone's going to go, oh, call Jane. She rocks. Or call Michael, you know. That's and I'd rather start there because, like you said, anybody can stick the flag in the ground. And that's why I like with speakers. I mean, video of actual speeches. Because let's face it, of course, if I ask for references, they're only going to give me good ones. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the, everybody. We've all we all do that. That's the nature of references. So having that social proof of, oh yeah, these people out here have said this person is really good. Because yeah, nothing drives me nuts. Then I'm a WordPress developer, and they open it up. They because yeah, it takes five minutes to install it and pick a theme. That I mean. And that's one of the things that's beautiful about it. But if that's all you're doing, but let's face it, in every industry, there's a million snake oil salesmen. And, you know, this one, because the Internet empowers anybody to be a publisher and to put their stuff out there, this industry makes it really easy to do mm-hmm. and say that I'm anything I want to be. Yeah. Um, more specifically, can uh, you, you ran your business, uh, your cre- creative agency, and you sold it in 2009, if, that, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Talk about running that business and kind of the services that you offered uh, to clients and, and, and kind of your journey with that. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so we launched the Advance Guard in 2007, and it was one of these things me and my partner, Steve Colson, had been doing a lot of work on big campaigns with Coca-Cola and stuff. And we launched this agency because we realized a lot of companies didn't understand social and they weren't being strategic about it. And the projects we were, were working on were, you know, how do you launch True Blood, the HBO show, to the world when the show hasn't even aired yet? You know, how do you um, new new video games from Warner Brothers and Snapple and FiOS? You know, how do you how do you get people excited about FiOS when they don't even have it yet? And those were you know, so it was more than just hey, set up a Facebook page. That's not what we did. And you know, WordPress was great. We used we we used WordPress for a lot of client sites as well. Um, and like I said, we used it for ours because I remember we wanted a magazine style site rather than a blog. And people people were funny because they'd be like, how did you get WordPress to do that? And I was like, and I remember I was like, well, because we had this great web designer who who knew WordPress inside and out. And I still use him for projects to this day. And yeah, we were doing lots of creative work. And we believed that if we were selling it to clients, we had, you know, we had to walk the talk. We had to say, well, go look, go look at our website. And we did a lot of um where it was a magazine style, the magazine, the articles were case studies of previous work. So it wa- there wasn't a lot of pages. There wasn't a lot of, you know, you know, probably from like an SEO perspective, we weren't creating enough new content, but that's not what it was about. We treated it as a destination site where we expected people to come, go, ooh, and then talk to us on the phone and hire us. So that's how we leveraged it. Yeah. How, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, either young entrepreneurs in WordPress or smaller firms and shops that are just starting up. Folks that would love to build a site for Coca-Cola, major yeah. brands, major media brands. A lot of us get bogged down with the $500 client, right? The client, yeah. the small business yep. person down the street. Advice to those folks who are, are dealing in the low budget. How do they scale up? How do they get a Coca-Cola one day? Or, yeah. or you know, how, how does they get to that level? Yeah, so I mean, and it's one of those things, doesn't, doesn't matter what field you're in, if you take, you know, this is one of the things when I speak, I mean, I do a lot of speaking, um, you know, and I get paid to speak, but I also do take on plenty of free speaking gigs all the time, too. And but I know, anytime I accept that free one, I might be missing the opportunity for a bigger one. And the same thing goes with you're saying bogged down in the little clients. Um, 
first and foremost, the easiest way to get bigger clients is to do really good work. Now, I know that's over. I'm oversimplifying, but that's that's the core to anything is make sure you're rocking out the clients you are working on. And then and then it's about, you know, good old fashioned networking. It's going to events. You know, I just got back from NMX this morning, you know, out in Vegas. And, you know, you never know who you're going to bump into in a session or a coffee line or, you know, a casino in that case where it was Vegas. But you do. you got to go out there and network and get to know because it's not just you're not necessarily going to bump into a Coca-Cola there, although you might. But you're going to bump into somebody who at something else is going to bump into somebody at Coke and say, hey, you know, I'm at CC. You, you should talk at least. Let's see if something happens. And it takes time. And then eventually, maybe you get on stage and you speak, or at a developer conference, or uh, you know, a word camp in this case. You know, because word camps are great networking opportunities. I've, I've spoken at one here in Boston. Um, and you, you start building that network, and it takes time. And you know. I like me personally, I'm not good at biz dev. I'm not. I'm really not. Get them in the door and I will rock their world and they will hire. But I, you know, and sometimes it is a matter of I have a friend right now who runs a small um, uh, strategy company and she just had to hire a salesperson right now because she realized she's spending so much time with the clients. She doesn't have the time to develop. And she found somebody who needed extra work and they're they're on they're working on um, what you you eat, what you kill. So she's not paying this salesperson, but they get a huge commission on anything they land. So they're out there now hunting. And this was somebody who's, you know, they're they're. They're not, it wasn't something that she wished she could hire, pay them full time, but she doesn't need a full time person either. So there's there's a good arrangement there, but it takes time. I mean, and trust me, while those big clients look killer on the resume and having that logo is sweet on your client side, it's also a step up. You got to make sure you're ready because the worst thing you could possibly do is get that big client, get that big speaking engagement, and then blow it. Mm. It's better not to ever get it in the first place because if you're not ready to scale up. I mean, to that big agency, you know, that big client, it could be even worse than never getting in the first place. Yeah, there's a whole operational billing, (laughs) uh, human resources, uh, contact. Legal. Legal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Insurances. I remember at one point we got a new client and all of a sudden they're like, well, you need a million dollars in liability insurance. And we were like. For what? Yeah. And they're like, well, now you're in the big leagues. And it was one of those moments where and that was a cost for us that we did not want to suck up. And we're like, are we definitely getting this contract? I remember that conversation. Like, are we really getting this? con? Yeah. OK, well, we need to go pay this. And it was one of those moments where we said, all right, this is what you have to do to get to the next level. So we did it. But yeah, yeah it's scary. And it's one of those. Do you have the cash flow? Is it the right? Yeah, there's a million business decisions. Yeah. And, th- and then I think what a lot of folks uh, in the WordPress field, when they're growing their business, if they're already good for them, if they're already thinking scale and, and getting to that enterprise level, because that's a whole different field right. in WordPress where you can make some buco bucks, but they have to be prepared, especially in the cash flow. Uh, mm-hmm. And you bring up a good point. Salesperson, I don't have the cash flow to, to hire a salesperson, but I'm going to pay them pure commission, and they're going to they're going to make tons of money when they sell it. But I don't have I don't have the cash flow to pay them. Right. And then when you get the larger client. Uh, we've been in this case a few times. We have a couple large clients, but then you don't get paid six, eight, nine months. <laughs> and where right. is the cash flow? Comes in one big Christmas gift. Um, if you're a, lucky, right? Right, if you're lucky. If you're lucky, yeah, because they've got, you know, you're just a, one of the vendor, you're one another vendor, and it's not, but then on the flip side too, yeah, because when you have that $500 client not pay you because, you know, they're starving too, it doesn't hurt as much when it's 
5,000 or 50,000. Cause you're like, I need this money. And it's yeah. The whole invoicing and getting paid is the hardest part about being an entrepreneur, no matter what your field is. Cause you're always waiting for the check checks in the mail, right? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, have you, when you were running your agency, were you, uh, you just bring up a good point about that, about that salesperson getting what, getting only commission. Did you, have you ever run into that or have you ever practiced that same kind of strategy before? We didn't, we didn't, um, we didn't have a salesperson. It was one of those things like we purposely, we didn't want to scale and go crazy. And we were very, very fortunate that out of the gate we had a, we did, we were working with American, American Eagle Outfitters at the time. So we were doing a lot for, for them. So they, they were keeping us busy. And then fortunately, um, this company Campfire who ended up buying us was like, hey, we want to work with you guys. So we were working on their projects all the time. So as they got a new client, we got a new client mm. for a lot of different things. So I've never actually, I've thought about it for sure. I mean, especially on, you know, like the speaking side, you know, there's speakers bureaus who work that way. That's, that's the way they make their money. So um, I haven't yet personally used it, but I know a lot of people who do that. Yeah. Did you run with a strategy in mind to kind of sell the company the whole time? No. No. No, it was... It, it was so funny because both Steve and I, my partner, had left uh, a previous agency completely independently of each other, you know, several weeks apart from each other. I was going to go freelance. I, he was going to go look, work for another agency. And we started getting phone calls of, hey, we want to hire you as a team. And we had three or four meetings with companies who wanted to hire us. And we said, huh, maybe we should do something. And then we got a call to start a project. And we, we literally formed the LLC kind of to cover our bases. And then all of a sudden we made it. I remember we formed in September Come December, we had made a profit, and we're like, "Uh-oh, we gotta do stuff here." <laughs> and when we got bought, no, the idea was never ever to sell. And uh, but we had done all this work with Campfire, and they said, "Listen, you know, I, you know, they didn't." I, I think the end of the day was, "We're sick of paying you. How do we acquire you?" And you know, it was a great thing, and it, it worked really well. And Campfire still going really strong. So, uh, no, the, the the end goal was never to sell. We never had it on our radar at all. Awesome. The um, that led you to the two books. Yeah, that you've written content rules uh, and amazing and amazing things will happen. Yep. Um, content rules is perfect for WordPress because you're yes. creating content, you're uploading photos, you're embedding video, you're doing podcast stuff. Yep. Um, safe to say that you were on the early train of of content marketing. Uh, you know how how has that benefited you? <laughs> how <laughs> is is author life as amazing as it sounds? Uh, no. Well, I mean, yes. And no. so, yeah, it's funny because I remember when Ann Hanley, my co-author, called me up and said, hey, I want you to write this book with me. I'm like, do we really need a book about content? Are people really that clueless about content? Because just I'd always been doing it and I just and she'd been doing it. And and how wrong was I? And it was funny because the entire time we're writing it, we kept saying, do people really need this? And, you know, it's gone on and you know, I forget how many languages now, you know, I, she was just in Turkey and it was out in Turkish and it's great. But yeah, I know content, uh, it, it, it changed my life in a great way. Cause it put me on a new bunch of people's new radar. Cause I've been creating it and doing the work for clients. It's all about when you're an agency, the, the starlight, the, you know, the spotlight should always be on the clients. So it's always look at our clients, not look at us. Um, so yeah, the book was great. And the life of being an author is, I mean, it is exciting. I'd be lying if I told you, I mean, last year, it brought me to Africa and Spain and 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 in in Europe and I just it was it's cool but it is a constant hustle because books don't pay you a lot of money unless you're writing you know, fiction pays a lot better than nonfiction but let's face it you write a book honestly especially in the business space if you're writing a book 
It's a twenty-five dollar business card. It's it's there's it's it's literally saying, yeah, oh here, here's my book, read it, have fun. That adds a level of credibility to everything you do. And no author makes very few authors make their money off the selling of the book. They make it off of speaking engagements or consulting and and you know, or I make a lot of it also on on freelance writing or you know travel journalism and those sort of things. So, be, I will not complain about being an author one bit because it I love it and I love. But there are those days where I'm holed up in my office, banging my head on the wall about oh, I don't want to write today. So, <laughs> but but no, it's 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 a beautiful way to make a living. Yeah, it's, uh, all the uh, interviews I I listen to or watch or stuff that I read, everyone that is in the business space of writing of writing books say the same thing. It's just another tool in the tool belt to get you through the door, to get you to the speaking gig, to get you to the bigger client, unless you have maybe something like a Tim Ferriss kind of businessy book or uh, Eric Reese of Lean Startup, that kind of thing. I think those might be the bigger names in like the business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't, I mean, you know, get it. Those ro- when those royalty checks show up, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, yep. it's always like, oh, cool. And, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, but you've got to write a really good book and, you know, we've been fortunate that content rules continues to just sell it gangbusters. So it's awesome. But yeah, I mean, you write it for other reasons. You write it cause you need to write it. Yeah. I was listening to, um, Chris Brogan's podcast the other day and I forget the, the gentleman's name that he was interviewing. It was a hilarious interview and he was a songwriter. Um, but he, even he said, which I never knew about, I don't really know anything about the music industry, but He's writing writing music for folks, and he just sends out he'll he'll send out fifty songs a, a year, and maybe one artist picks up on that. Yeah, and I thought that was amazing. Like, wow, I don't think I would create fifty free websites and send them out and see what happens. Right. So it's it's very very different, right? You never know, and and that and I bet you there's people in his field who wouldn't do it either. Right. You know, would go, what is he insane? <laughs> but if it works for him and he's got this creative outlet already, you yeah. know, go for it. Nice. Um, you, I was listening to uh, one of your most recent podcasts. I love the intro of your podcast. I might, ah. I might kind of steal that. Now, did you get a voiceover talent to do that? So that, um, that the voiceover for Managing the Gray is uh, my dear friend Callie Lewis from Geek Beat TV. Uh, Callie and I go way, way back, and it's funny because she doesn't do voice, and it's always funny because Callie is a big deal now. You know, one of the biggest technology podcasts out there, and every so often someone's like, "Hey, that's Callie." I'm like, "Yeah, I know it's Callie." Yeah. So yeah, I mean, well, I came, you know, my, I've been, po- I was one of the first podcasters. I got paid to podcast. Uh, I did a music podcast for years, and so I always appreciate the really good sounding intro to a podcast. And I still firmly believe it's crucial, you know, bookend that podcast. I, you know, here now, I'm not doing it as much, and radio does it for a reason. People like to go, oh, now, now the podcast is starting. So yeah. yeah. There's plenty of people out there. Boy, I know plenty of voiceover people. I will gladly recommend them to you. <laughs> That's, if you need awesome. That's awesome. Uh, speaking of content rules, is podcast making a comeback? Do we really know, like, this show is a web show, web yeah. show, podcast, web Yeah, what do you call it, right? What yeah. do you call it? I mean, is that the inherent issue with what we do? Or, you know, is it making a comeback? What's your thoughts? So I think there's been, there's, it's funny because, you know, seeing these people at New Media Expo that used to be Blog World, there used to be Portable Media Expo, which was just straight up podcasting in 2005. Seeing some of the old timers, you know, we were talking about how there has definitely been this renaissance of podcasting in the last six months, but it seems to, it seems to only be happening in the business and the social worlds. Like I'm not seeing many new music podcasts or many new, because back in the day it was crazy. Um, and a big part of podcasting, why it never, wor- never clicked as much as we all hoped, 
it was hard to subscribe to it, you know, forcing the average person to find an RSS feed and, and nobody has still made it easier. But now with things like our phones, it, it, people are figuring it out. You know, they can stream a podcast to their phone, you know, and they're not going to get data killed like they would have even just a year or two ago. Um, so I think podcasting, there, there has been people waking up the audio and audio is very intimate. People can listen at the gym. You're in your ears. It's, right. it's a very intimate way to, uh, connect to people. So I'm, I, I love seeing people doing podcasting. It, it's fun to see it. Um, I don't, I don't get to listen to them as much as I used to because podcasting was always great for commuting because you, you're in the car an hour. You could listen to podcasts, you know, that was, you know, so I, I love seeing people jumping back in. Yeah. The, uh, I noticed that you, or at least on your site, you embed it on SoundCloud. Any particular podcasting strategies to share with folks, uh, any platform you like? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, um, SoundCloud doesn't push out an RSS feed, so it's not you can't make it. Well, I, or they they might, but I've always I use Libsyn for hosting. I've used them for years, um, but I like SoundCloud because their player is really nice. Uh, it's HTML5 compatible. Um, it plays nice with WordPress. You know, not all plugins play nice, and it, it's and I love the fact too that I can record um, like when I was in Ghana last year. SoundCloud has a, an app, so I was literally in the field or at a hospital, and I'm recording it. I can, and then I can add a picture, I could geotag and hit publish, and it would go out to everybody. So, um, and I and I love that, and it makes it much much easier. And now that I'm working with CoPoint Media to host, and they, you know, they're kind of they're like my NPR, I guess, for my show. And you know, they use SoundCloud a lot, and we're SoundCloud's been very supportive of us. So I just I think it's a great way to get going right away um, because any, you can hit recording right away. You don't have to. I know both you and I have have condenser mics we're talking into, um, but you don't have to. At least especially when you're getting started. Granted, it's got to sound got to sound good eventually, but uh, make it sound as good as possible on your budget. But just start podcasting right away because let's face it, you're going to be horrible at first. Everybody is, no matter what you're doing. And microphones are scary. Until you start getting used to them and not umming and eyeing and you know if I say pop filter and people go what's that you know so there's there's lots of things but you got to get used to it and there's tons of if you're looking to get started with podcasting there's so much information out there because it's been around you know I started my podcast in 2004 it's been around so there's tons of how-to articles out there and I'm sure you know with CES happening right now there's probably some new microphones being announced and products coming out so I'm sure. You know, just get started. That's the yeah. key with any content. Just start today and then get better at it as soon as you can. Just keep working at it. And and you bring up a great transition. Uh, you know, the freelancer grows his business, his or her business, starts an agency, gets the big client. They're pumping out content. Does everything wrap up into that and eventually amazing things will happen? Is that kind of the hard work and, and, and straightforwardness of, of the concept? Yeah, that's the premise of the book. The biggest thing was, you know, if you want to, you know, you got to be a good person, you got to work your tail off, and you got to know what you want. That's one of the key parts that I believe is that, you know, you got to know where you're going. You don't necessarily have to know how you're going to get there, but you got to know what you want. And the concept of the concept of the book is much more about a lifestyle rather than any. Ta it's about living the life that you want to live. If if you want to be a coder, you know, you don't. I don't. I don't have to earn a million dollars. I would like to earn enough money so I don't have to think about it all all the time. You know, and be worried about the next page. That that's my goal, and that's you know my definition of amazing is is a cabin in the woods versus a beach house for somebody else. But yeah, you've got to work really hard, but also clearly know where you want to get to. Especially, you know, I don't know where I want to be five years from now necessarily, but I do know where I want to be six months from now, or I have a goal for the end of 20, 2013. 
And I think more people need to go through that exercise of saying, this is where I want to get to. And then figure out how am I going to get from A to B? Because it's not always a straight line. I mean, it's right. all over the place. So, right. is, Do you have any way to kind of validate that where I want to be answer? You know, a lot of folks say, yeah, I want, I want to be a million bucks. You know, but that might not be the right answer. You know? I think that's a crappy answer. Yeah, I yeah. think it needs to be much more tactile to say, you know, I want to I want to be out of debt in five years or I'd like to pay off. I'd like to have, you know, ten thousand dollars in a savings account for my kids college. I mean, and it shouldn't always be about money either, because let's face it, we all want more money. There's not a human on this planet who doesn't want more money because having more money means less worries about things. I mean, I, that's the nature of the world we live in. Um, so I always, you know, like I have an exercise in the book where I talk about if you're looking for a new job, everybody wants you know, less stress, more money, shorter commute, right? But, but not in Boston, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, no kidding. But if that's if that's all you, but that's not really what it bases it on. Because I can give you, I can give you a you know, three hundred thousand dollar job next door that you get to sit in a beanbag chair all day, and you may still hate it. So it's and I, you know, really figure out what it is you're looking in life or a job or a relationship, whatever it is, a client even. Because let's face it. I like I just had a conversation with someone the other day who fired their biggest client. The agency fired the client because they were so horrible to work with. They were getting you know their soul was being sucked out. And that's a big decision. That's something that entrepreneurs have to think a lot about. And that's a hard decision. I mean, I've I've only I haven't I've sort of done it once. It's a scary thing to say, no, I don't want your money. Mm -hmm. But if it's you know, taking away your soul and if it's, you know, stressing you out and it's affecting your other clients, then it's not worth it. <clears throat> Lawyers. <clears throat> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, no, I just did an interview with uh, John Saddington uh, this morning. He's a founder of 8-Bit. He does a, a publication called WP Daily. And I've never met him, much like uh, I had first time meeting you. And we're just giving some context about each other in the beginning. And he said... So is is this what you want? This is what your dream. This is what you're what you're happy with. And I said, yeah, you're pretty sure I am. I think I am. And it's really started to make me think about you know where you where you want to be. And and he said the same thing. He focuses on one product. They make one WordPress theme, and that's it. Where that you see the rest of the industry makes twenty, thirty different yeah. themes. You know, for everybody, he focuses on one, and that's all they do. And they're very profitable at it. It's just not an easy thing to do when you're starting up. And you need to get income. You need people to come yeah. to you. And this 2012 was one of those years where, hey, we had to fire the wrong client. Um, we, we just can't take them on, you know, once you get to that certain level. And you do. And even starting out, like, I mean, I'm, so I started this new company called the Cleon Foundation. And we're focused on helping people do social good initiatives, you know, marketing products that make the world a better place. And even just, you know, this past week I had somebody come and I was like, Oh, that's no. It, Cause it was like, that sounds like, you know, and it sounded like a good opportunity, but I said, sorry, that's not what I consult on anymore. Cause it didn't fit this. And that was hard. Cause yeah. I was like, that would be a, and it, but, but then it felt good too, though, because I said, let me rec let me introduce you to a couple people who do do this type of stuff because I knew they're going to benefit from it. Um, but yeah, that it is weird. But the sooner you figure out what it is you want to do, it makes it a little easier to say no because saying no is hard, right? Especially if it involves an opportunity or or possible money or you know that, those are the hardest things to say no to. It's easier. Um, 
Derek Sivers has this great thing he calls the hell yeah test where if I ask you a question and you don't if you don't instantly go hell yeah <laughs> then you maybe you should think about saying no it's not yes or no it's no or hell yeah and I've always I tried I tried but we always sometimes have to take the thing that we you know take the medicine that we don't want yeah yeah that's that's definitely an awesome <laughs> awesome little test there um you uh you said something before um about you just came back from NMX um, yep. You know, networking in the real life. A lot of the, some of our WordPress developers and designers are introverts. A lot, a lot of the folks yep. I interview say they're introverts. Although when when I get them on camera, they're <laughs> explosive, right? Um, uh, Andy Stratton is is one of them that I interviewed who, who once did a uh, WordCamp talk in a crushed velvet robe with a captain's hat, uh, nice. r- reading uh, reading his stuff as if it were uh, the Moby Dick novel. Nice, um, <laughs> but. Um, a lot of folks don't understand, especially now, in the old days, everything was done by a handshake. Everything yes. was done by face-to-face. And when I go around and I speak about selling WordPress, I say that's still the number one way to do it. It it's, is. You know, Twitter and social is, is all great, but there's the real social of getting involved in front of people. Um, still a yeah. for you and your business? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, one of the, one of the, I was very happy to see one of the lines in my new book that keeps getting quoted is that um, hands, handshakes and hugs will always trump likes and shares because <laughs> it's so true, right? Yeah. I mean, getting out and sitting down over a beer or a coffee or, you know, just in a hallway is always going to be the way people remember you and make an impact. And if all you're doing is sitting behind your computer and never getting out, that's, it's you're never going to be as successful as you, and that goes for developers. It goes for everybody because, and there are, it, it, and I encourage people. You know, while getting together with fellow developers is great, that's that's not where your clients are going to come from exactly. most most of the time. You want that network. Don't get me wrong. You want that network, but you want go to some place that's totally not like I'm excited because I've got some conferences coming up that I'm speaking at that are non social media at all, and I love those are my favorite because. I get exposed like there's nothing better than for me at least. I love going to a conference where people have no idea who I am because I walk out and I, you're talking to everybody and there's no preconceived notions and it's just, oh, what do you do? Oh, cool. I do this. And um, you have to get out there. You have to network with people. I mean, techno- social media, the social part people forget about, right? The social is interacting with humans. The tools make it easier than ever. but And it's a great way to start relationships. Don't get me wrong. I've had some great relationships and clients start via Social media, you know, Facebook and Twitter and stuff. But at the end of the day, I mean, be able to sit down and hug somebody or shake their <laughs> hand—just that's—it is the way it's done. I'm a small—I'm a small town guy. Yep. I still believe in you know, you stand behind your reputation and your your a handshake is your word. So. Yep. Um. How? Just a quick, quick, uh, you know, side note. How do you think Boston's doing for entrepreneurship, innovation, networking? Are, are we coming up? We are coming up. Come on now. We just don't get the credit we deserve. I, that, I mean, for, you know, New York and Silicon Valley, they're both great places. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm not going to hate on either of them. But the Northeast has some of the most talented entrepreneurs in every field. We have, and part of it, I think it's part of it's all the colleges. We bring in, especially just the Boston area. I don't even know what the latest number, but, you know, prop, Boston proper, there's got to be at least 100 plus universities and colleges. We have some of the, you know, between MIT and stuff, we have some of the most technology-focused things. The 128 quarter may not be what it used to be, but I think, I just think it's Boston and, and, and all of New England, because I'm a New Hampshire boy, so I'll say New England doesn't get the respect they deserve. And, 
you know, there are so many things happening here. And I hate when I see people leave the Boston area and they go to the Valley or a couple of years ago, there was this big exodus to Austin, which I love. I love Austin, Texas. And, you know, breakfast burritos forever. We need those here in Boston. <laughs> but it's just like I love there's so much talent going on here. So many good people in every single field. And um, I just don't I don't know why we don't get the respect that we deserve. But I don't think there's any shortage of great, super talented people in every vertical imaginable yeah i think people just hate on us because uh red sox patriots celtics and our accents i don't know what it is but i think yeah that's, i think that's what it boils down Patri- to. patriots gonna win this weekend I, yes absolutely yeah i know this is the one I, i'm not a patriots fan uh-huh. i'm a lifelong lifelong new englander and i'm a dolphins fan oh there's so many dolphins fans around here why is that i don't I, the <laughs> only thing i can think of is it seems to be like i, I mean I, don't know, I grew up watching marino and my parents aren't dolphins fans but yeah so yeah this weekend i think the pats have a i'm I, Part of me wants to root for the upset, but I don't think they have a – I think Pats will roll all over Houston. Nice. <laughs> um, what's one thing, if you could go back in time, one year, five years, ten years, one thing you would take back, redo again, if you had to do it all over? Wow. That's a good one. Um, Wow, that's a good one because I, I try not to live regret. Um, I think what I would do – I honestly – so – um. Part of being a humble New England guy is I suck at promoting myself. I suck at it. I really, 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 really do. And I wish – I had this conversation with Ann Hanley actually just yesterday in Vegas. You know, We were saying I wish we had pushed and pimped the book harder to, and had the, had, the, had the balls to come out and say this is the book you need. You know, And even today it's like you know, I see some of these other content books and I'm like – not all of them. But I'm, not gonna, but I'm like – they're crap. They're, they're, you know, they're written by someone who's had a year of experience as opposed to, you know, 10 years of doing this. And um, I wish I had, I wish I had pushed the book harder back then to say, listen, this is the one you need. And had the confidence to, and I, I, I stand behind it saying it to you now is freaking me out. But um, I wish I w- if I, I would go back and do that, I would change the marketing of the way we did the book and just push it even harder to say, you need to read this book. You know, you can't argue with me. This is the book you need to read. Um, I, w- I wish I had done that more. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, let's talk about WordPress real quick as, yeah. as WordPress as a whole. What do you think from an outsider, from the marketer slash business guy, what's one thing you think WordPress should change uh, for better adoption, ease of use? Um, should it be moving in a different direction for the, for the, the normal person to use? I think they should – one of the things I've, it's always baffled me is that it's baffled me that there's all these plugins that – I bet you if I asked 10 WordPress developers or designers or bloggers or, you know, what are the 10, 10 plugins you can't live without, right? I guarantee you there would be tons of overlap, right? Why WordPress isn't like saying, well, look, everybody's using this. Why don't either buy it or put it into the system? I don't see – like these last few WordPress updates, I haven't seen any drastic like – Wow, you know, like, and it just it, it ball. It, it, every time that I do an install and I have to grab this list of plugins that I know I need, I don't under I don't understand why WordPress hasn't. I mean, that's it's a I understand, but I, that one is what I'd love. It. Like, like I think about WP Touch is one like to make it mobile friendly. Why isn't that in WordPress? Why isn't it mobile friendly like that? Why that because that stuff. There, sh- there should not be a website on the planet that is not mobile optimized these days. That should be in there. Things like that, I would love to see yep. WordPress do more of. And I know they're talking about it. I mean, they were at NMX. They had, they had one of the front booths when you walk in. So 
And I think they're going in that direction. But that's if, if, if WordPress, if you're watching like you should be watching this show, I, that was I would love to see them just take these things that everybody's plugging in. Or, or, and I know they don't want to kill off their plug in business. I understand they don't. You know, it's a probably symbiotic relationship. But out of the box, it should be, you know. It should come with some of these features. Yeah, I, I totally agree. The 3.5 just came out, uh, and what they did was they made the whole media section uh, much more smoother. Cause much that was sexier. Always, that was always a pain point. Um, one thing they did do and that they're introducing for the, for the WordPress.org slash extend, where you go to find plugins, yeah. they're, they're introducing now like an Amazon-like rating and comment oh, system. Oh, cool. So, cool. So you just have more depth to do I really u- want to use this plugin? Um, and they have a plugin favorite list that you can build now. Oh, that's cool. So you can go and check off those dozen or so plugins and then bring them to another install. That's so that's awesome, right? Yeah. Yep. The one thing I want on their media player, because I love the new media, the new media uploader and library. What I really wish they would do, because every post on I firmly believe I just did a whole presentation on this, every blog post should have an image. And I wish as I'm in the and I'm writing, I'm like, let me just drag this image into right there into the writing field and and pop up the media library. Let me it should I'm like that's the it's so close. I'm like that's what I want. I know it's coming. <laughs> I'm sure it's coming, but yeah, they, they it's continually getting better. That's awesome. Um let's that's great. So let's uh let's move to the next segment. It's called What's in your toolbox and this is what piece of software obviously besides WordPress uh, what piece of software, hardware, or otherwise do you need to run your daily business routine? Something like an Evernote, an iPad, Google Docs. What do you use? All of day those. In? <laughs> All of those. Uh, day and day, day and day. I mean, my iPad I can't live without. Uh, honestly, because it is something. I'll go on trips and I'll leave my laptop at home. I will bring my iPad with a little um, Logitech keyboard, and I can type. I can do all my business um, on the software side. As an author, Evernote and Scrivener are the are my must do at because Evernote's my brain. Mm-hmm. It's my, it's it's every everything goes into Evernote, um, and Scrivener is a writer's tool. Hmm. Um, it's it's especially picture for fiction. It's really good because the old or anybody who's ever done the index card thing for an idea, you know, you write out all the index cards. Scrivener does that virtually, and then it magically makes all the chapters. And wow. it spits out as an ebook format. It spits out manuscripts. If you're writing fiction, which I don't do yet, you you can say, "Show me all this, all the things with this character," and it goes right to those scenes. And it's what I wrote the book in. And I, I so wish I knew about Scrivener when I was writing content rules because it would have made Anne and I working together even easier. Yep. Um, and the other one is Dropbox. I can't live without Dropbox. Dropbox is. You know, I remember I it's funny because I had to introduce Anne, my co-author, to Dropbox. She'd never heard of it when we were writing it. I'm like. That's how we're gonna write this, honey. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna do this. So um, those are. I'm, it's funny. I'm looking around my desk to see if there's anything else. But that's. I mean, and then I mean my notebook. I'm old school, and by notebook I mean my my field notes paper notebook is what I cannot. Li- I never leave the house without it. Um, it's funny because as I'm saying that, I was like, "Where is my notebook?" But it's. <laughs> I realized because I got in this. It's in my backpack still from Vegas because I haven't been so. I I'm old school that way. I write it. I use field notes, which are these little notebooks, and I. I write down ideas, you know, as I was seeing sessions, I was writing down ideas for blog posts. I'm like, Oh, I, that, that'd be a great subject. Uh, people I need to follow up with while I, while I have notes, you know, on my iPhone, it's not the same as just scribbling it down. So I'm kind of old school in that way. While I'm a total geek and a techie, yep. I, I can't live without my notebook. I agree. 
with your with your 100. percent That's an awesome that's an awesome roundup. Let's move to the lightning round where I ask you a series of questions uh, and answers, uh, and you answer them in 10 seconds or less. All right. Uh, funny you said this before, but what's the one plugin you cannot live without? Discuss. Ah, I changed it on you because yeah. for comments. <laughs> uh, a favorite WordPress or business book besides your own? Oh, made to stick. Ah, yep. Uh, a quote you live or run your business by? Uh, nor- normal is boring. <laughs> That's good. That's a good one. Uh, the best business or career advice you've ever received? Uh, to follow my own path, to take the take the road less traveled, and if it was something I wanted to do and I knew I wanted to do it, don't listen to anybody to get in your way to go keep pushing forward and make it happen. Uh, the longest a client project or maybe personal project in your ca- case has taken? Uh, the longest project I can remember was something called Virtual Thirst for Coca-Cola, and it was a year-long project um, so from start from, from sign the contract to launch. Nice. Um, if you had to switch to another content management system, what would it be and why? I honestly don't know any other. I, 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 I haven't looked at another one in so long. I don't even know what. I don't know. <laughs> Blo- blogger. I'd blogger. go with Blogger because it's owned by Google, so it's probably not going away anytime soon, I guess. Nice. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, who should I interview next? Uh, who should you should, have you ever interviewed Mitch Cantor? I have not. Mitch, Mitch is my one of one of my go-to WordPress developers. Oh, sweet! And he's he just did Digital Dads. He's done a bunch of sites for me. So he uh, for your audience, he Mitch Cantor instantly comes to mind. Or Josh Fisher, who is an amazing de- designer and graphic guy. He doesn't do WordPress necessarily, but he's a really creative guy. And I've never seen a web interview with him awesome. ever. Awesome. So maybe he won't do one, but I love his, <laughs> he, he did my logos. He does. He's a great, great guy. Doesn't want to reveal his secrets. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> what's the one question I didn't ask you that I should have? Where to buy my book. <laughs> that is a, I love it. I love it. I love it. Where do people buy your book? You can go to, it's available everywhere books are sold, but you can go to amazingthingswillhappen.com and it will go there. But go to your independent bookstore, buy it there, help small businesses. That's awesome. Cece, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for doing the show. Thanks for the insights and the feedback. Everyone, check out Cece's work, his book, his podcast, his blog, his photos, the journey that he's taken. Uh, It's been an awesome ride. Do go to mattreport.com slash subscribe to stay tuned and in touch when I release another podcast. Thanks, guys.